Eco Money on Money FM 89.3. This is Eco Money on Money FM 89.3 with me, Rachel Kelly. So, this week, Singapore International Energy Week, the spotlight has been firmly fixed on how to continue on this journey and the path to net zero and the role that renewables play when it comes to that path and the energy transition. Now, we just need to take a look at some numbers. Developing countries face an investment gap of $2 trillion annually for the energy transition. That's out of a $4 trillion annual funding gap for the Sustainable Development Goals. Now, that's according to data from the United Nations released earlier this year. And it did call for urgent support to developing countries to enable them to attract significantly more investment for their transition to clean energy. But that said... Barriers remain. Policy, politics, and perhaps even technology all play a role here. So the question is, how do we bridge this financing gap? Well, let's find out from the largest bank in Singapore and Southeast Asia. We're joined in the studio now by Kelvin Wong, who is the Managing Director and Deputy Head of Energy, Renewables and Infrastructure at DBS. Thank you so much for joining us in studio today. Thank you for for having me, Rachel. It's my absolute pleasure, our absolute pleasure. It's great to have you with us. So question, I've rolled out some figures there that were issued by the United Nations earlier this year, I think in July, talking about the cost of the energy transition. But I want to hear it from you. You know, if you if you run a quick search online, you'll get numerous figures. What's your take on the cost of the energy transition? First and foremost, right, I think what is energy transition? Let's kind Mm -hmm. of uh, define it in simpler terms. It's really moving a fossil fuel-based economy Mm -hmm. to one that uses low-carbon technologies, essentially. And the cost, you know, you've quoted some some numbers. I have some numbers. I sit on the, the Financial Industry Advisory Board of the IEA. Right, and the IEA that themselves recently actually quoted that um, as of this year, 1.8 trillion US dollars will be invested in clean e- energy. But that amount actually needs to go up to four and a half trillion dollars per annum by 2030. Mm. Right, and to put another kind of set of numbers into context, the IMF last year actually estimated that to wean uh, the world away from coal, 29 trillion dollars is actually required. Half of which is actually for Oof. Asia. No small change there. So where does this money need to go and what are some of the challenges in getting these funds out to where they need to be? Well, I think it's a few uh, kind of aspects to it. There's mm-hmm. climate uh, adaptation, there's climate mitigation, and the list goes on, mm-hmm. right? Um, if we focus on, say, climate um, uh, adaptation, right? Uh, sorry, climate mitigation, Clearly, there's a lot of uh, investments that need to go into renewables, but not just renewables. I think at SU, you you probably have heard um, increasing use of uh, green hydrogen and green ammonia, as an example. These technologies still prove to be um, commercially quite expensive, right, to deploy. So um, not only just in R&D, but also into investments, into actual projects, into the supply chains, and so on and so forth. And also then, the just transition element to it, right? Um, to increase the capacity built or capacity building of government, government officials around particularly the emerging markets is one key aspect, but also to help the workforce and the general populace who have been, for, for example, in Indonesia, uh, very dependent on coal or 
coal mining, coal uh, fire power plants as a way of life, right? You've got to transition them away slowly into renewables and clean energy. So are the funds there? I think it was also highlighted during some of the sessions that the majority of growth that we're seeing in the region is, as you mentioned, you know, in Indonesia, you cited the example of coal. A lot of the growth here in Southeast Asia is still fueled by fossil fuels. How do we break away from that? The financing gap is something that has been discussed to no end. So how do we bridge that gap, Kelvin? I think I speak in the context of Asia. Yeah. Um, it is well known that um, in Asia, at least well-structured projects will mm-hmm. get funding. And this this has been proven uh, in many jurisdictions. Take India as an example, right? Um, the Indian renewable energy sector, which was co- quoted in SU as well, actually grew by almost 10% just in four years. Uh, that's, uh, that amounts to about 70 gigawatts. And the reason why that actually happened was because in India actually fixed a key part of the regulatory kind of framework that wasn't working for them, which was the counterparty risk of kind of state governments and so on and so forth. And so they consolidated it and set up an entity called Saki and then boom, you know, it kind of goes. So that specific example already shows you that money is always available Mm -hmm. if governments set the right framework to have the right risk allocation between the public and the private kind of setting right? And that investors can actually earn a reasonable rate of return. So is it mainly a regulatory issue that we're seeing across the region when it comes to perhaps stalling of funds to infrastructure projects to move um, transition projects towards net zero goals? I would say not just regulatory kind of impediments, to be very fair, Mm -hmm. right? Um, The the energy transition also requires a lot of enabling infrastructure to be actually in place. As an example, uh, top power grid infrastructure, a lot of these numbers that we were quoting actually do not include the investments needed to actually upgrade grids, as an example, to deal with more intermittent kind of power. Right. So the IEA actually published a recent report just about last week on Electricity grids, I think something like 28 million kilometers of new wires actually need to be thrown across the world, right? Mm. Just to kind of cater for uh, the energy transition. And this, often in the context of Asia, a lot of these investments actually sit with the public sector because these are all owned by kind of the the state, the, the, the utility com- companies are owned by the state. But we all know that uh, state budgets are, are limited. So how do we um, have more public-private partnerships to enable the private sector to come in and help with, to your topic, the funding gap. That's right. We're speaking with Kelvin Wong, Managing Director and Deputy Head of Energy Renewables and Infrastructure at DBS. So to that, Kelvin, tell us what DBS is doing. What are you working on at the moment um, to this end? Yeah, I think at DBS, we we actually have a vision that um, if we do not transition with our clients, we, we cannot transition, mm-hmm. right? And so we have always advocated for a fair and just transition. And our success de- depends a lot on our clients. We have, to this end, we have deployed, uh, and this was stated in our sustainability reports at the uh, 2022, that we have deployed uh, more than $61 billion into sustainability-linked type of uh, clients or mm-hmm. projects. Um, not only that, um, we also actually help clients uh, with by providing more than just financing. So we actually help them with advisory um, 
in terms of setting up even sustainable finance frameworks, if they need to acquire new businesses, new capabilities, new, new, new projects, or even diverse old ones, we actually absolutely do that. A key example would be um, actually helping um, companies in Singapore setting up uh, sustainable finance frameworks and launching green bonds and uh, sustainably linked bonds. Just, just one area. But on top of that, not just large corporates, we also try and help our SME community, right? Uh, to this end, SMEs not only need financing, they mm-hmm. also need um, kind of upgrading of skills. Uh, so we actually, DBS, we have partnered with Skills Future here in Singapore or, uh, for a two-year program to actually help SMEs upskill their workforce, right? And not only do we do that, we also actually um, launch kind of more tailored financing solutions. Example, uh, the more sustainable renovate loan where we actually Mm. assist SMEs to actually undertake more sustainable uh, type of renovation to to their businesses or to their facilities. Um, We we also actually um, assist with a more ESG-ready initiative um, to these SME clients to embark to even first develop a sustainability strategy, right? And, I and think then implement it. the action plan. Yeah. And then all down to monitoring and then kind of third-party verification and so on and so forth. And it's critical, isn't it, to take that holistic approach, not just with financing, but another issue that we don't often discuss is the workforce and that significant manpower gap that we have, not just um, here in the region, but globally when it comes to sustainability. CSOs, seasoned sustainability professionals, who of which are very few and far between, right? Very, I mean, uh, so, yes. it's, so it can be a challenge when we're looking at the transition, not just when it comes to finance but when it comes to manpower so that's how you're helping Correct. your clients um, on that Correct. front in terms of funding financing but also education strategy and but I'd like to add one one more key aspect right which mm. is collaboration mm. so without collaboration we, we can't do much as a bank um, so we believe forums like SIU actually provide that platform mm-hmm. where you know um, based on statistics over a thousand one hundred uh, industry leaders from around the world actually gather in our small island to actually debate, sign MOUs, mm. to find new collaborators um, to solve this energy transition uh, challenge that's upon all of us. Okay, well, Kelvin, thank you so much for all that sharing. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. I'd love to take this offline with you again in the future. Kelvin Wong, Managing Director and Deputy Head of Energy, Renewables and Infrastructure at DBS, talking to us about the financing gap when it comes to the road to net zero. You are tuned in to Money FM 89.3.